Hey everyone, this is Anthony Grants, and I want to introduce you all to this podcast. It's called Superstar PR, and it's all about entertainment insider chats with Nikki, the founder of the PR agency, Nikki Inc. This podcast chats with some serious entertainers and media insiders, always choosing people who are making a difference in the entertainment world and who have cool stories to share. Happy listening. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited about today's guest because, oh my God, we're in year three and who would have thought this would ever have gotten so big? I'm excited because I think I bring you really interesting people. Today's guest is a producer on KISS 92.5, The Roz and Mocha Show. He's an instructor at Humber College in the radio broadcasting department. He mentors youth who want to get involved in radio and broadcasting. And finally, in case you thought he wasn't busy, he's a BT correspondent. I see him frequently on Instagram where he makes me laugh really hard and he likes to sing. And on that note, I'm going to tell you, we're chatting with Shem Parkinson. Shem, how are you? Hello. I'm doing very well. Very, very well. I figured since you said I like to sing, I should, I should sing in my introduction. I'm doing well. How are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm as well as can be expected. Um, I have some, my babies at home working with me and I had my son walk in on another interview and he said to the person during the interview that she looked like Elsa from Frozen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. That's absolutely adorable. Yeah, you got your hands super busy as well. You're, you're pretty busy. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, it makes me think that moms are superhuman and I haven't quite figured that out yet. <laughs> no, listen, moms are definitely super superhuman. I know we just celebrated Mother's Day. I, I I don't know how mothers, grandmothers, aunts, uh, you know, single parents do it. I don't know how you all do it. I really do. Really don't. You're all magnificent. Oh, Shem. Let's cheers to that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for saying that. Let me ask you, Shem, what made you get into uh, journalism and broadcast and radio? When, when did this all start for you? So that's a great question because, so I'll take it back to high school. When I was in high school, I always had an interest in broadcasting in some way, shape or form. Uh, or some sort of presentation. I love doing that kind of stuff. But then I kind of talked myself out of doing so when I started my post-secondary education. So I decided to do something else that I, I enjoyed, which was law. So I did my undergrad at Ryerson, and uh, that's where my degree is in. And then I kind of said to myself afterwards, you know what, I, I really want to pursue what I enjoy doing in passion, which is some sort of public speaking or broadcasting in some way, shape, or form. So I took a year off and I worked and then I found a uh, postgraduate program at Humber College. And, uh, and then through that, I, found, I got an internship at KISS 925 about nine years ago. And I've been with them since. I've just been, you know, adding different titles and different things to my, to my resume. And now I wear about <laughs> eight or nine different hats, but I'm super grateful to be doing so. Uh, because it's allowed me the opportunity to to not only do radio, but just last year, branch off and do some television as well, which has been really, really cool. I think that's wicked. I think that's, wait, pause there. That's really wicked. <laughs> I mean, doing radio and doing TV, it's like you really can't have a bad hair day because you might be on TV later. So I think you're the perfect person for this. <laughs> That's so true. So what's it like? What was your first time on breakfast television like? Did you have an awkward moment? So when I was first introduced to the breakfast television audience, uh, they mentioned that I sang in my church choir. And I feel like every time I'm on BT now, uh, I end up singing in some way, shape or form, which I love doing because the team over there are a lot of fun. Uh, so it's, it's always enjoyable to me. But my very, very first time actually on TV was with City TV because 
I was part of a pre-Grammy nominations sort of uh, roundtable with some of the personalities at the time. So you're talking uh, Dina, Dina Puglazi, who's on BT, of course, Debo Brown, uh, and Winston Sue. That you know, we were we were uh, we were the panelists on this Grammy panel, and I guess they enjoyed the work that I did there, and they asked me to come on as a correspondent, and it's been honestly great since then. That sounds so fun. Um, I've interviewed Devo, and I think he's such a nice human being. Devo is like, Devo is my guy because when I started out at Kiss 92.5, uh, he was also doing weekends. And then I jumped on, and I did weekends uh, with him, like right after my show was right after his. And he took me under his wing. He was like such a big brother and has still been such a big brother and like a mentor to me since, since I started about nine years ago. So I, I owe that guy quite a bit. Devo is awesome. Very humble. It's, um, I introduced him to my mother at a podcast day, and my mother said, I love that young man. Can we have him over for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> he is quite charming, Devo Brown is. He's the best. Yes, yes. Now, let me ask you, um, you know, you do what you do, and you're, you're learning a lot being in the roles you are. Have you learned something about people that you didn't know before you started in this industry? Wow, that's a really good question. Uh, I would say there are two main things that sort of stand out for me. One not so good, one, 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 one better. Um, the one thing I've ever noticed is that in this industry, you know, you are exposed to anything and everything. And I've unfortunately received some, some not so nice comments from like social media and things of that nature. So you are pretty much exposed. I don't really look at myself at all as some sort of, you know, public celebrity type figure because I'm not I'm, I'm a very normal person with who happens to just have a bit of a higher profile uh job and I you know sometimes you, you you forget that you are exposed and you are out there so the things that you do um you know people you know whether it's nice or not they have the right to make comments about it good and good and bad and I think that was a bit of a shock at the sometimes for me um but in terms of in terms of the other things that I sort of learned about this industry uh, honestly, you know, radio and television, everybody knows everybody. It's way smaller than you think. It's so much smaller than you might think it is. You know, there I've, I've worked with people who are now our direct competitors and former bosses of mine are now, you know, bosses elsewhere with our competitors. So it's a small industry. And uh, there are a lot of very hungry and driven people uh, that I work with that I'm, you know, uh, competing against. Interesting. Okay, so I guess that leads to my next question. Um, if I say resilience to you, how often do you think being in your industry forces you to lean on your resilience? Oh, like, <laughs> I mean, if there, if there was a word uh, to describe how to survive this industry, resilience would be it. Because there are many, many, many times, and this probably goes for other industries as well, where you will hear no, or you will have some sort of very harsh criticism, especially if you take on an on-air, whether it's radio or television presence, you're going to, you experience that and that, that feedback right away, right? It's instant, whether it's through a tweet or somebody's, or through something somebody says on Facebook or Instagram, you know, it's instant, it's instant feedback. And you have to sometimes really pick yourself up and say, I'm not going to let that get to me in any sort of negative way. But I will say this also on the flip side, you can't, or at least I don't think you should also believe your own hype all the time, right? Because people will tell you how great you are and tell you that you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. But, and if you just believe in that hype and then you don't put the effort behind it, they can also do me as well. Oh, no, that's a really good point you make. So something my mother always said was, 
the best thing you can be is calm because as high as you can get is as low as you can go in terms of an emotional spectrum. Yep. So that's a, I couldn't agree with, I couldn't agree with her more. Uh, yeah. See, I feel like you're like my mom. So let me ask you, um, in terms of some wisdom, some wisdom that you help and wisdom that you kind of, maybe it's like your internal legacy words of wisdom that you march with. Do you have any for our audience? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just to kind of piggyback on your point that you meant, you, you have to be resilient. This is not easy, right? I mean, I think people get very caught up in the glitz and glamour of what we do, and it's a lot of fun. I, I, I will say that, you know, some of the biggest stories and news in my day are what Cardi B had to say or what the Kardashians did. It's nothing super crazy heavy, like, like, like our frontline workers who are out here literally saving lives, right? And, and that's not to diminish what we do. It, it's just to say, I don't have that same level of pressure so you know you you so you really you really kind of have to soak it in and you have to really appreciate what it is that we do i'm very fortunate that i got to start my career in canada's biggest market and that's not always the case for people 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 tend to start out in smaller markets and then if toronto is their main goal they got to work their way back and some people take decades to get back some people never get here and it's really tough so i you know you got to stay resilient if you really want this um the only the other thing i would say is and this might seem silly, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. You got to really be careful what you post on social media. Social media is everything. It's, I don't have to tell you that. It, it's a massive, massive deal. And, you know, it can also burn you. I know some really exceptionally talented people who have really harmed their careers because of a tweet or because of a silly Instagram post. And I would always say, you know, ask yourself this question, does it need to be said in a public forum? Does it really need to be said? And I tell this to my students all the time, you need to watch what you post on social media because especially if you are an on-air presence, your brand becomes a really important thing. And you know, you are defined rightly or wrongly by what you do and what you say and post on social media. So I'd like to think for my own, I'm fun, I'm weird, uh, it's an extension of who I am as a person. Uh, do I have some very strong opinions about some things? 100%. And I think there, there is a place to use your public platform uh, to talk about social issues. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not suggesting to hide from that. But you do need to be very brand conscious. And, and, by, and you can do so by really watching what you post on social media. So those would be my um, my sort of words of wisdom. Sorry for that very long-winded answer. but No, I think that's a very, very good point you make. And I mean, if I could ever help talk to your class about this, I don't do crisis PR, but I teach everyone that I work with to just be mindful and breathe before you ever post, tweet, or speak. Yes. Because people are human, and sometimes I think there's a bravery to being on a screen, and there's a lot people would say on a screen that they would never say if they were facing someone. Uh, yeah, I mean, people get, I always, I always call them thumb thugs. You know what I mean? People say some really wild things behind a, behind a screen because there's literally no consequence, uh, you know, for their, for their, uh, for their talk. Uh, so you got to be really, you know, re really, really ask yourself if it's worth it. Yes, that's a very good point. Okay, so let me ask you, because I know you've had some really cool interviews. Who is your best interview to date? I know you're still young, but like so far, somebody, there's like a pin on that one and you love it. Yeah, I've been I've been super fortunate to interview some really cool people. Uh, I would love to do more, obviously, as, as my career evolves. But to me, the standout will always be Missy Elliott. Oh, I love Missy Elliott! Yeah, about four or five years ago, Missy Elliott and I did a quick little phone interview. And 
she was just so cool. In fact, her people told us that we had 15 minutes. And I kid you not, for the first 12 minutes, we talked about um, delicious Thanksgiving meals. We talked about, you know, both loving New York City, even though she's not from New York, but we talked about that. Uh, it, it was it was just a really, it was like, it was like talking to my aunt or like a cousin. It was just a really cool, fun chat. And in the last three minutes, we talked about, you know, whatever it is that she was promoting at the time. Uh, but Missy Elliott, hands down, is my favorite interview for sure. I'm such a Missy fan. Where is she now? Uh, you know, you know, Missy does a lot of producing, you know, um, uh, you know, maybe her singles career isn't what it once was, but she's also such a legend, right? But again, she's doing a lot of producing though. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm a fan of like Missy Elliott and Timbaland, but like, I, I feel like I age myself when I say that. So I'm waiting for them to have a major comeback so I can be like, look at that. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm with you. That's, that's my demo, too. I love Missy Elliott, Timbaland, all those guys. I mean, are you kidding me? That's my thing. Of course. I think Timbaland is really cool, and maybe somebody should knock on his door. Shem? Uh, yeah, I will. I'll knock on his door. Yeah, say Timbaland. They just stare at me. Get him back out here. Oh, listen, can you imagine I get to do a song with Timbaland? Oh, I would love it. Oh, oh my God. Kidding me? That'd be amazing. That's a dream. I would love it for you. Like, that would be so yeah. cool. <laughs> That's a dream for sure. So if I were to say to you, person you've always wanted to interview, it hasn't happened yet, you could wave your magic wand, who would it be? Oh, wow. Um, you know what? Barack Obama. Ooh. A lot of people have said that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I'm really fascinated by what he would say about being, you know, the first black president. I also wonder if he would be candid. You know what I mean? I, I'd want it to be a candid interview as opposed to one that, you know, I couldn't ask this or I couldn't ask that. You know, I don't like interviews like that. I, I want to be able to actually have a conversation with him. Even if nobody ever hears the interview, I want to be able to have a candid conversation with him. So Barack Obama. It's funny because um, a few people have said Michelle Obama. Mm -hmm. and. But a lot of people have said to me, Barack Obama, and I, I'm such a fan of that family. I mean, they're just good. They're just brilliant. And I think they're, that was a gift to America, if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> I, I don't disagree. I think it's also, you know, uh, not to get all political, but I think also when you make a comparison between his White House and what's in the White House right now, um, it definitely makes the Obamas uh, shine even a little brighter, I would say. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I think I'll agree with you on that. So here's a complete the sentence. Yep. Right now, I'm consuming this, and I need to share it. So what are you watching on Netflix, Amazon Prime, Quibi? What are you watching that you want our listeners to watch too? Okay, I'm gonna tell you the things that I'm watching, but I would never suggest you listen to the to the terrible, terrible reality TV that I watch. But if you want an escape, sure. You know, I mean, I, like everybody else, I watched Tiger King. I watched uh, Too Hard to Handle. I watched Love is Blind. But I will say this, on the, on the non-trash reality TV side, there's some really good UK uh, crime dramas on Netflix that I found to be amazing. Like Line of Duty. There's another show called Broadchurch, um, if you're into that sort of thing. Oh, and my favorite show of all time, all, all time. It's an Australian TV show and it's called Wentworth. It is phenomenal. I suggest everybody watch it. Wentworth? Okay, you really sold me on Wentworth. You know that's going on my, like, it's, it's on a list now. 
watch it and you will not be disappointed. I mean, I got into Love is Blind and I'm, I feel really ashamed to say out loud that I spent the weekend with the blinds closed and my kids had to cuddle beside me because I had to watch and understand. Yes, nothing wrong with that. Listen, we're all in a quarantine right now. You can do what you have to do to get by. That was success. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. I'm shocked. It's huge. I also think that Netflix, and I'm not saying they did it deliberately, they timed shows like Love is Blind and Too Hot to Handle perfectly with everybody being under quarantine because we could just all sit and watch just sheer destruction to just, you know, um, distract us from the sort of chaotic world that we're living in right now. You know what? You're right. You're totally right about that. Yeah. Smart. Smart business. Um, I'm going to ask you now about somebody in your industry. Is there somebody in your industry, whether it's in Canada or America, that you admire and somebody that you're like, Nikki, I don't really want you to know this, but I sometimes copy that person or I try. I want to be like them. Uh, you know what? I'll say this. From a stylistic standpoint or a work ethic standpoint, there's really nobody that I copy. Um, people that I admire, and this is going to sound like such a, such a cheesy thing to say, but I work alongside these guys all the time. Uh, the entire Roz and Mocha show. Uh, these guys have been together for on their 11th year and their work ethic to make sure that every time they crack that microphone and talk is very admirable to me. And I really, I really respect that they don't ever phone in uh, a single show. Every show matters to them. And I respect that a lot. Uh, especially when you're in year 11, it's very easy to kind of put yourself in cruise control, but they don't do that. You know, not Roz, Mocha, not Maury, you know, they, they really kind of buckle down and they do what they need to do. And I have a lot of respect for them for that. Oh my God. You know, that's my radio show. So it's so nice to hear mm -hmm. that. I mean, yeah, they're awesome. that's amazing. And like when, I don't think you have downtime, but I'm going to put the question out there anyways, because it's part <laughs> of my plan, but yeah. How do you relax? Do you do the Netflix and chill? Do you drink, uh, well, a good book and wine or like podcast and wine? Do you work out? Do you sing? Or do you just get quiet? I definitely should have more moments of quiet. I don't have nearly enough of that in my life. Uh, yeah, so that's something that I really need to work on for sure. I don't work out as much as I, as I should, but I definitely do work out. Um, but mostly, honestly, Netflix, it's just good to just unwind. I, I put my phone off and I just like engage for like two hours into something pretty mindless. And I just, yeah, I just disappeared that, that, that's my thing. Amazing. Okay. So I guess my last question is, and this is like the big one. I think some people really have interesting answers here. Okay. Have you ever been asked to do something that you didn't want to do or asked to interview somebody that you didn't really like interviewing? And if so, how did it go? Wow. Uh, no, okay. Well, I'll say this. I've never been asked to interview somebody that I didn't want to. So that, that I'm, I'm thankful for that for sure. Uh, in terms of doing stuff that I wasn't comfortable with. Uh, wow, that's a really good question. Um, sorry, I don't know offhand. Honestly, no. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I, I will say this. I, I think that uh, you know, where I work at Rogers, they've been pretty good with not like pushing you to do things that you're just not a hundred percent comfortable with. I will say, okay, I'll say this one thing. Um, and this is, this didn't happen to me directly, but I know that we had interviewed, um, do you remember George Zimmerman and the Trayvon Martin case from 
several years ago. George Zimmern was the uh, was the neighborhood security guy who ended up shooting the young boy because he had I don't know. Anyways, that we interviewed his brother is what I'm trying to say, and I wasn't a fan of that because I didn't think that he deserved the platform. But that was my own personal thing. Uh, but other than that, no, I've never been asked to do anything. Uh, that I wasn't comfortable with. I will say it took me a while to learn to say no to things, you know, because I mean, I, I wanted to appease everybody and work ridiculous amounts of hours, regardless of how, what it did to my body. But uh, I've learned to say no. And that's a really hard thing to do, uh, especially in our industry is to learn to say no, but you, you know, we all have to find that, that point. You know what? That's a really good point to leave us with because the people listening to our podcast, some of them are aspiring journalists. Some of them are aspiring publicist but learning to say no can also save your life sometimes you have to listen to your gut i'll tell you this uh mental health is i know it's been it's been it's all it's never like not been a thing but i know it's, it's being discussed may, maybe more now um you know over the last several years uh if you don't learn how to say no and you don't find a proper work-life balance it will severely affect your mental health and then that'll in turn affect everything that you do you know, so you, you, you really got to take care of yourself, um, you know, and, and make sure that wherever you're working, whatever industry you're in has the proper, the proper resources to sort of assist you with your mental health and, 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 and take care of yourself. It's so important. It's funny you say that um, because I completely agree with you. And I think that I think I know that journalists right now are maybe the busiest people I know, people in a newsroom, any type of journalist. I hosted a meditation um, at my office and I invited journalists to meet this one lady who's very interesting. And um, everybody came and it was a Friday night and I thought maybe two people would come. Mm-hmm. 20 people came. Wow. It was supposed to be a half hour event and they kept her there for four hours. Wow. And she is calm and she's a meditation guru and she is somebody who talks all about de-escalating your stress hormone. and. I mean, if, I, if she ever comes again, Shem, I'm inviting you to meditate with her. I could use it. I, I'll take anything that's going to help me relax. I'm there. Count me in. Done. Thank you, Shem. Um, I've been trying to interview for you for a few years, and I, I know we're going to do this again. But Hell yes. Thank you for joining me on Superstar PR. Do you have any questions? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do have a question. Uh, you know, we're all dealing with the coronavirus right now. You are a very, very busy woman um you're a mom you're you know you have a partner how are you handling all of it i mean i've never i've only i've only ever seen you smile and super happy (laughs) um that's the only time i've ever seen you and you have a great attitude and i admire you for it but how are you how are you coping with everything well i'll tell you shem um i i ordered a playground a big playground i bought one for my parents home and i said i i have a feeling this pandemic's gonna be a while and i need to make that these little people don't feel anything is wrong because I believe in childhood. Yeah. So I had a playground, set it up, and this is chaos for me and my husband because we work at home and we pass babies back and forth. Yeah, I bet. I'm grateful. Um, yeah. You know, I have a lot of faith, so my faith makes me just feel good about anything that's happening to us right now. I think we're just supposed to pay attention and we're supposed to just maybe hug our family a little tighter and get a little introverted. And so it's all been okay. The only thing I'm doing, Shem, that's really like way too much is cooking. I'm cooking nonstop. <laughs> cooking is good though. Delicious. Well, 
it's a good thing you know i have a son and a daughter and he eats for the whole world so i mean mm-hmm. yeah good. you gotta listen you gotta eat i get it no but it's great to hear that you're handling it and you're juggling things uh, and doing as well as you do as we said off the top you know uh, mothers are super are super people they're just amazing and uh, you do you do such a great job and uh, you can't praise moms and parents enough in my opinion oh Shem, you know <laughs> i high five everyone now i high five every mama every father yeah and i i, I still have to pinch myself because i'm one of them now and i'm it's like i have to pause and understand they're little once they're this needy once and i'm at this like little airplane needy age but i'm in love good uh thank you thank you for all your well wishes thank you for chatting shem oh uh, thank you for having me ever do anything for you you just let me know likewise appreciate you so much and thank you and continue to stay safe okay Thanks for tuning in to Superstar PR. New episodes are available every other Friday. And you know, we would love your feedback. So please rate and review us on Apple Podcast. And be sure to subscribe to Superstar PR on your favorite streaming service and visit www.mickeyinc.ca to sign up for podcast alerts and notifications. Thank you so much for listening.